When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, a Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I hate to say it. It's only going to be going one way, and that is Novak Djokovic will win Wimbledon this year. I can't see him losing. Simply too good. So dominant here at Wimbledon, and I reckon he's going to get two, number 24 and five Wimbledons in a row. The only person that can stop Novak Djokovic in this tournament is Novak Djokovic. Andy Murray. Oh, oh. oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Or as Sir Andy will come on. Other than that, it'll be Djokovic against his own body. Can he keep his body fit for the whole two weeks? If he can, probably name on the trophy. She has the easiest draw out of everyone. And I feel that Iga will win Wimbledon. She had practice tournament this time. She didn't have one last year. She probably learned from her mistake. I'm going to be going for Donna Vekic, the one with the 17th easiest draw according to AI. And I'm going to be having Donna Vekic winning Wimbledon 2023. I would love to see Novak Djokovic take home his 24th Grand Slam title this year at Wimbledon. And I would like to see Sabalenka win as well. It's best in quarter, claiming his first Grand Slam title. On the women's side, I'm going past the finger. Kicking off on the men's side, Novak Djokovic will have as many Grand Slams as there are hours in the day. And on the women's side, I'm going with Anjabur. She's going to be your women's champion. Let's go! Another big win for Novak Djokovic in the men's singles. And for the women's, I think Ons Jabeur is going to make us very happy and she's going to take the women's Wimbledon title. Djokovic's dreams of a calendar slam are going to be shattered again. And it's the little Spaniard that's going to do it. Carlitos Alcaraz will win Wimbledon. Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. Day six of Wimbledon has come to a close. Some matches didn't get to finish, but most of them did. And I don't think we've had that very often on Wimbledon. And we're going to play on the Sunday this year. It doesn't happen too often. And because of the congestion, they are definitely playing on the Sunday. I'm all for it. I think they should play it every year on the Sunday anyway. All the other slams seem to do it. I feel that Wimbledon need to catch up a little bit. Lighten the curfew. 
maybe start a bit earlier and play on the Sunday. And there'll never be any problems with any of these fixture congestions that we're having due to the rain. But there was some rain today. There was some sunshine, but there was some exceptionally good tennis as well, JG. Yeah, and like you're saying, we are playing catch-up now, so we need to get as much tennis played as possible. Um, I thought today was another good day of tennis, though, and the real standout match for me was Berrettini and Carlos Alcaraz. Them two, I think, were very exciting matchups. Of course, Berrettini played Zverev. Alcaraz played a really tough competitor in uh, Jarry. Yeah. And they're going to be playing each other next. So we're going to do a l- little bit of a preview on that. Of course, that will be... I think they've got a little break now, right? Because Berrettini's played sort of five days in a row. I think <laughs> yeah. finally he gets a break. <laughs> He's someone who's very injury prone as well. And he was an uh, injury doubt coming into this Wimbledon. So I don't think he needs to play another day in a row. So I'm sure he'll be pleased to have the rest. Um, but we're not going to get a rest on this Sunday because there's going to be tennis and we're going to be doing some watch-alongs as well. Me and Ben back doing two watch-alongs. Can't wait. We obviously got the big man himself, Novak Djokovic. He'll be in action on the Sunday, as will Iga Sviantek as well. She is the world number one. But let's start off talking about what uh, what happened today. For me, I was sort of enthralled by the match with Carlos Alcaraz yeah. and uh, Nicholas Jarry. It was... I think you even said it in the draw preview. You said that this was going to be one of those matches that was just a, going to be an incredible match between two very evenly matched grass court players. And you, you've been seeing Jerry's grass court credentials like long before this tournament began. And he looked fantastic today, I have to I, say. I don't think he has any. I don't think he has any grass court credentials. That's the crazy thing. What I was basing it on is that he's now hit his peak of his career where he's playing absolutely fantastic tennis. And based off that alone, he's what, 20-something in the rankings? Yeah, like 28 in the rankings. He's only going to get higher. And his his game, he's a big server. So it was was, perfect for the grass. And he was coming in causing all sorts of troubles to Carlos Alcaraz. And this is what, take me all the way back to the draw preview now. I was saying Alcaraz's draw is so tough because I generally believe Jarry is a bigger threat than most players in the draw. I know people are saying, look at Djokovic's draw, for example, who he's had to play. He's not had to play anywhere near the sort of of a Jarry. And I'm going to say something controversial. I think Jarry is a much tougher, tougher match than a Hubie Hercatch. I mean, based on today's performance, I'd have to agree. I think that Jarry played Her fantastic. Her playing well, so we can't really say too much about dismissive against him. But no. I, I think if they were to play at Wimbledon, Jarry, her catch, my money's on Jarry. I feel the thing that may have just got the better of him today was the nerves. He obviously was up a break twice. In the set he won, he was up a break, got broken back. The nerves were there. And in the fourth set, he was up a break and they got broken back again. And you could just see just the vital moments were the, just the things that let him down, unfortunately, today. Very, very uh, clutch tennis, I have to say, from Alcalaz. He kept it together at big moments, and that ultimately was what won him the match today. I th- still thought it was an enthralling match because you never know the way those matches are going to go when you've got a massive server with a big second ball versus somebody who's so quick around the court with all of these tricks. He had drop shots, uh, he had the lobs, he had everything, it seemed, Carlos Alcaraz. But that 
for me, I thought it was going to five sets. But yeah, yeah unfortunately for Jarry, not to be this time. But I've got fond memories of him playing in this tournament this year. And I'm looking forward to seeing him next year at Wimbledon. He's a clay course to Jarry. And he's shown here that he can now play on more surfaces and he can be a threat. Adkaz, I feel the only reason he really got back into it was through his just the grit and determination to never really give up. He managed yeah. to get him to juice a few times and he kept going to break points and it was getting saved with excellent aces or brilliant sort of serve volley attempts from Jarry. He had everything and it was a really enthralling match. And one thing I want to touch on, which is, I think maybe you can bring the tweet up. I did send it to you just now. And it was a tweet I put out earlier on. And this okay. was a little bit of a dig really for the BBC commentators and John McEnroe in this situation, because yes. I feel it's very unprofessional and it's a massive problem in tennis. And you don't know what I'm referring to. The problem is they didn't know who Jarry was at all. It's so this one let's, now. Let's look at it. So John Millman puts, this is what he tweeted out. Fellow Australia, he's an Australian tennis player for those who don't know John Millman. He said, how a commentator can say, we don't know Jarry, but we'll get to know him is beyond ridiculous. 87 million people play tennis worldwide. And this guy is 28 best, best at it currently. And this is a professional tennis commentator who doesn't know who Jarry is. Shocking. I mean, I don't claim to be a tennis expert, um, but most people who really have a passion for the sport, who watch some, some of the sport, know who he is. And I think it's just lazy yeah. journalism. It's If you go to my tweet, I did send it to you. I don't know if you want to scroll up. Uh, just bear if with you go to your ones. DMs, you'll be able to get it up. Yeah, that's the one that you sent me. Apologies. That's the... No, it's on there. You need to click on the actual there. If not, I can okay. get it. Up. Okay, I oh, just sent it. You just literally just sent yeah. it. Okay, apologies. <laughs> I thought I went to the original one you sent me no. earlier, which was the original tweet. Thought I was being uh, very proactive there. Not really. <laughs> anyway, here's the one. So this that is what out. I tweeted out yeah. saying: truly ridiculous. When will broadcasters actually use people who know and understand tennis rather than elite snobs who only know the top ten players? This is everything that is wrong with tennis. Totally agree. That's my thought. So, what's yours? I just think it's embarrassing. We've had a lot of people uh, tweeting out about similar things as well. This is coming actually after the Badoza incident as well. thought that was embarrassing, uh, going into a press conference and like treating her as if she just won the match. She said, I lost the match. What are you talking about? So it's just, it's embarrassing on all levels. We've got people commentating on broadcasting networks who don't even know the players in the tournament, which is terrible. If you had that in any other sport, I don't think that those people have their jobs. Think about all uh, commentators in football. They know pretty much everything. When I watch UFC, they know everything. They do their homework on every fighter on that card. The annoying thing for me is they all talk a certain way. They all fit into this narrative which suits the elite organisations. Yep. And anyone who's a bit different to that, they don't like. And ultimately, Ben, me and you, what we do, we're very different in the way we speak, the way we are. We're not the generic tennis fan, the way we act and look, and it doesn't really work. And we're, we're not people who are supported. We've seen that firsthand. Yep. And it's frustrating because we are gen the actual fans of tennis who know about tennis, who may not be right all the time, but at least we have a good level of education to sort of, I'd say, one to 500 in the world. 
and beyond Definitely. at times, sometimes up to a thousand. Yeah, I mean, if you're really interested in tennis, we've always said it. If you really want to watch a, a great tennis match, and you don't want to just be constantly consumed in the ATP events and the Masters and the Slams, go watch a Challenger event on the men's like that type. We've of been thing. going to a Challenger event every year. This year we went to Portugal. The year before we went to Croatia, and I'm sure we're going to keep that uh, keep that tradition going because you get some brilliant tennis in the Challengers. And look who we got to see there, Ofner. Look what he was able to do. Uh, Svitolina, look what she's been able to do. Exactly. So, <laughs> some serious players you play them. That's it. Like people don't realize. People didn't even know. Like half the people watching this, and probably even some of the people commentating, don't even never even watch the Challenger. I bet that's the that's the problem. And you've hit the nail on the head. It is. It is elitist. When you get to these big tournaments, it's very much a snobbish nature. And if you're not one of the names that they keep mentioning every five seconds, like they probably mention Radu Kani more than they mention like half of the other women, and she's she's not even there. That's the th- this is the problem. It's all just about what sells sells tickets, what makes the most money, and they're not really focusing and giving everybody a fair a fair run of the game. I don't think it's just regarding the players as well. There was a comment I saw earlier on. I think I don't know if it was today or yesterday, talking about Rome as a grass court event. So I think there's just a real just lack lazy. of education and laziness yeah. when it comes to any tennis event or any top player which not relating to a Grand Slam. So if it's not like a top player who goes deep in a Grand Slam, they're not interested. Well, even the pronunciation of players' names and stuff like that, I even feel like we, we get criticised a lot on YouTube. They're the main broadcast. They're getting paid to do it. We, we get paid peanuts to do this. We do exactly. it purely for the passion, not for the money. They get paid thousands of pounds to get it wrong but let's enough yeah. of that let's move on to the tennis and next up we've got uh berrettini right yes and berrettini fantastic tournament he's having he should have been at both of our surprise packages i don't know why we didn't pick him should have done really and now look at him he beat sasha's Zverev in straight sets that's an impressive victory two tie breaks in the last two sets and this is a very good tweet from Relevant Tennis and the list of active ATP players with at least an 80% win-loss record at Wimbledon, uh, minimum 15 matches as of today. So you've got Djokovic with 89.89%, Nadal 82.86%, Murray 82.43%, and then Berrettini there at 81.25%. Wow, what an elite list that is. And that's the end of the list. Yeah, pretty amazing. Of course, this is only active ATP players. Uh, I'm sure Federer was snuck in there some, <laughs> somewhat yeah. if he was playing. But Berrettini does the business at Wimbledon. You can't deny it. I said after the Alex Dimonor victory in which he creamed him off the court with them uh, brilliant serves, like bombs coming down. Oh. He is a real threat. And I put him now as a real contender to go deep this year at Wimbledon. He avoids Djokovic until a final. Alcaraz next. I make him favourite for it. Reason being, he's playing the best Berrettini tennis. He's just beaten Zverev comfortably, beat Alex Dimonor, who, bearing in mind, was in great form coming into this Wimbledon. Yep. Alcaraz, on the other hand, he's huffed and puffed a little bit. I thought he has been okay. The match before, who did he play today? The match before today's one? What Alcaraz are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, Alcaraz's last match was against Muller. Yeah, that match, but didn't think he was amazing. I thought he was very hit and miss and 
really was only only one because it was Muller the other side of the net. A better player would have beaten him. Today, he was definitely a lot better and we saw some excellent shots. Jarry was playing amazing. I thought his defensive game and his counter-punching was excellent. His touch, we know, is always going to be good, but it was particularly good today. And it's going to be a real great match against Berrettini. The big thing is, can he return the serves? If he can get into the points, get into enough points, Alcaraz can beat him. However, Berrettini, if he serves 70% first serves or more, he could be. We could be looking at sort of ninety something percent first point, first serve points one, and with them stats, it's really difficult. The only person I feel who can ever beat him when he's serving like that is Novak Djokovic. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot to be able to read that serve, and once you get it back in, you've got to get the second ball back because if you get it back in, you have to get it back in deep, and that's the problem that most players can't. They get it around the service box. Djokovic normally gets it back with a bit on it, and that's where he always struggles, Berrettini, against Djokovic. Go to the Berrettini's next tweet here saying, Berrettini has won 13 of his first 16 men's singles matches uh, in Wimbledon. The last player with more than 13 wins after 16 matches at the championships was Andre Agassi, 14-2. and two. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, you can't deny him, him here at Wimbledon. is something special. And... I don't know if it was Djokovic who beat him the year before as well when he went out. I feel like it might have been off memory. I know he played Djokovic at Roland Garros, I think, before that one and lost in four in a similar way to the way he lost at Wimbledon. But he only gets stopped by the top. It's very difficult to beat him at Wimbledon. And you'd think without a Djokovic in this event in future years, Berrettini should pick up one or two. But you never know. You can't bank on that with his injury record. Yeah, I mean, he missed it the the year before the one where he lost in the final. And it was uh, Roger Federer that knocked him out in the fourth round the yeah. year before. So there, there we go. go. And that was if it wasn't Djokovic, it's Federer. Exactly. Only loses to the best at Wimbledon. Ridiculous. Berrettini versus Alcaraz. That is going to be an absolute thriller. And... Like you, I am worried for Carlos Alcalaz. This is the worst possible scenario. We said it was a tough draw. Well, he doesn't get any tougher than Berrettini at Wimbledon. And he's just had sort of a warm-up, really. Jarry is a good warm-up. Good practice. Jarry's <laughs> good practice for Berrettini. But this is going to come down with a little bit more. And there's a little bit more game, I feel, to Berrettini. Yeah, and he's been cruising through as well. You've got to remember that. That, that match from Alcalaz was tough. It was a tough fought match, whereas Berrettini... No, he's had tie breaks, but he's been going through in straight sets, which that's impressive. He dropped a set to Sanego, but I feel like he was still wobbly and not really uh, adjusted to the grass. Now he's adjusted. So um, I'm excited to see that one. Let us know in the comments section who you think is going to win that matchup as well. We'll be covering it here on the channel. It is a must-see TV match. Um, let's move on to the next one. This one, obviously, he's going to get a day off finally, Berrettini. It's saying his plan uh, for his first day off in six days. Obviously, having some pasta, recovering and getting ready for Carlos. There he is there, having a little smile, a little laugh on the mic. He also spoke about how he's just grateful to be out here. He said he had times in bed where he was crying at the thought of not being able to play tennis. And he's found it extremely challenging and difficult. And we often forget that, really, the, the the mental challenges of a tennis player when they're injured and the fact that they're not able to compete, knowing that they can do so well in an event, it must be so painful. 
And last year he he got COVID, didn't he? As he was towards yes. the back end of the event, and he could have done very well. This year things are going well, fingers crossed. And when he's fit and 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 ready to play, he's one of the best players at Wimbledon. So really happy for him, and hopefully he enjoys his day off. But he doesn't seem to be complaining. Zverev was more of the the complaining type. <laughs> he sort of started just sending shots to Sinner, saying, "How does he get all the best courts?" and why does he doesn't get affected by the delays? Berrettini has taken a different approach. He's been like, all right, fair enough. This is the hand I've been dealt. I'm going to just go out there and keep serving aces and win, which I guess is probably the best way to do it. That's the get up and go you need to be a top player. Yeah, he definitely did. Just did the business, got it done. He lets the tennis do the talking. Quickly, what Alcaraz said on Jarry just before we go, he said, honestly, I see the level of Jarry, the level today. He uh, for sure is going to be in the top 10. If I have to bet, uh, I bet at the end of the year, he's going to break the top 10 or he's go- going to be really, really close if he's still playing at that level. So that's really nice for him to say that as well. I agree. And Jarry is such a legend as well. I love the fact after the match, he got all of the rackets out of his bag and started giving them to kids. Um great role model he really is a humble guy brilliant tennis and very humble in defeat as well I think he's got some kind words to say about um, Jarry and yeah I agree with him I think it is a matter of time until we see him knocking on the door of the top 10 he can plan all the surfaces yeah most definitely Uh, exciting times and maybe some people know his name for now (laughs) come on (laughs) do your own work uh, and yeah, this one, well, we've got this great graphic here. Who wins between Berrettini and Alcaraz? We, I said it before, I'll say it again. Put your winner in the comment section below. I can't wait for that matchup. Right, Let's maybe give our one quickly. Let's give our Go preview on. before we move on away from this one. And I might surprise you. I actually think Berrettini's going to beat him. I, I kind so of said well. it to you yesterday. If it was going to happen, I've been hinting at it with a tweet. I think Berrettini is going to win in five sets. I was going to say five as well. How weird is that? No. But I feel that Alcaraz is just so good at just staying in a match. Maybe yeah, I want I've... Alcaraz to win. I will be cheering on Alcaraz. I won't be that upset if Berrettini beats him. But my, if I had to make a formal prediction, it is going to be Berrettini in five. Yeah, I'll jump on that with you. I'll, I'll go with the same. And I'll go with three tie breaks in there as well. <laughs> Yeah, and just just because today has been sort of a day of tie breaks on the men's side. Uh, Hechka and Paul had three in a five set match. Hechka two sets up, then he was back to two sets all, and then he won the final sets uh, six two. So well done to Hechka getting through to the fourth round. That's incredible from him. And another guy who had three tie breaks. Let's go on to him. It's JG's man at the moment. It's Christopher Eubanks. That's right. He's through again, and he's through in straight sets, but three tie breaks. Look at that smile. Look at that smile. And it's very frustrating. I don't know if those who are listening can notice I'm quite quiet tonight. I can't shout. I'm in a place where there's people sleeping, so I need to keep my voice down. But this guy gets me on the edge of my seat. I am excited by Christopher Eubanks. He was excellent today. I got to watch a large part of his match and then I was going out. So I watched some of it on the train as well. I thought he was, his backhand was just pinging off perfectly. I don't know how he does it. I don't, 
listening to the commentary, it's like a new shot he's sort of got on his arsenal. He's not been doing this for most of his career. And all of a sudden, he's just pinging these one-handed backhands down the line off the return. Chris O'Connell, can, he can serve him the first serve and he can just hit a winner off it. Not much backswing. It's just strange. I don't know how sustainable this level of tennis is, but that's now eight matches in a row for Christopher Eubanks. Yep. He's six foot seven. He pings down aces. One of the best servers this year at Wimbledon. He's rivaling Berrettini with numbers. I mean, I don't know what more I can say. He plays with a smile on his face and nobody is hitting more winners than Christopher Eubanks. 65 today to 25 unforced errors. A difference of 40. And you compare that to some other players. Berrettini, he only found 36 winners. The Hetchka did very well with 63, but incredible numbers. Five sets, though, there as yeah, well. Exactly. For a straight set victory, to hit that amount of winners is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, look at that. I mean, you've got the only people coming anywhere close, but both five, five set sets, matches. Yeah. So this, I'm, I'm not just bigging him up. Like, he is playing blackout tennis. Literally, it's just constant. It's just constant, just pinging him off the racket, finding winners from all over the court, and the backhand sublime. I, I honestly want him to win Wimbledon. I'm cheering him on more than anyone. <laughs> I mean, it's, what a great story it would you'd, be. You'd think he was British, how much I'm cheering him on. Well, why not? And everybody needs somebody to cheer them on in a match, don't they? And there seems to be somebody that's getting a lot of support uh, in the stands as well these days. Um just due to the fact that their other half has gone out injured, and that would be Stefano Sissipas. He's getting a bit of a... I put this little tweet out. I did a little meme for you. So uh, we've got this one. Sissipas through to the fourth round for the for the second time, but the first time since 2018. Maybe it's his cheerleader in the stands that's making the difference, and there she is, Paula Badoza. Give, it, give me an S. <laughs> I'm still annoyed. It should be give me a T. I feel like you should have gone with the Sissipas rather than the Stefanos. I thought that she might be starting the whole of his name. So that's why I went Too to long. give me an S to start it. Yeah, Sissipas is enough. I don't know what she calls him uh, behind closed doors. We'll, have to f- we'll probably find that one out soon. I'm sure there's a nickname. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, well done to Sissipas. He went through in uh, straight sets against Laszlo Gere. That nice was draw. Yeah. Very yeah. nice draw. Yeah, decent for Sissipas. So he goes through to the next round as well. Let's move on to the next one. And it is Holger Luna. And I know that you've got a lot to say about this one. You were talking to me about it earlier. I sort of got my got my wires crossed. Thought you meant something else. But, <laughs> but we had two match points saved by Holger Luna. An underarm serve at eight-all in the final set time break from uh, Davidovic for Kino. I don't understand what he was thinking about. And Runa went from 5-8 down to winning 10-8. Uh, it was three hours, 59 minutes. This match had it all. So... Well, he had, he had match strong. points before at 15-40 with Runa serving at 5-6. Um, so Fakina could have taken it there. He then went with an underarm serve at 8-all and it was a complete just mind lapse, really. Just lost his concentration, lost his belief and bottled it. I think the terminology he used was referring to taking a dump at the time in his mind. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what he did. He did an underarm serve at a stupid time. Runa just pushed it away and the match was done. Let's I be just... honest, it was done. Like if, if you see an opponent doing that, 
all it does is fill you with confidence because you think, well, mate, he doesn't want to be here. We've just paid for four hours and he's doing it eight all. He's got this far. He's been arguably, I think, the better player for the duration of the match. I thought Fakina deserved <laughs> to win. He was playing really good shots, great winners, a bit of variety. Fakina's a top player. He has the yeah. ability to be a top 10 one day as well. But just, I don't know, what more can you say? He lost it for a, one of the most crazy moments I've ever seen in tennis. In a Grand Slam of Wimbledon, You've just got it to a fifth set and you've just got it to eight or in the last tie break and you do an underarm serve. It doesn't say. I can't even compute it. I feel like the only time you'd see that, you just assume he's injured or something. There's no other yeah. explanation for it, but he wasn't. He just said he just... just... Nerves. And I remember, I know it's a long time ago when we spoke to Kudler and he said what it's like trying to serve... Uh, at those times in that match and he said literally your hand is just shaking and it's just you can't stop it and he said it's just how I don't know how you, how you even deal with these nerves and how like players like Djokovic get like get to that level where you're managing to control those nerves in such a way because obviously you've seen it to, there today it's not easy and he couldn't even do a, a serve he just went with underarm I've never I've never seen it anything it, like it, it makes you appreciate the real great players though like a Djokovic yeah. like a Nadal what they've been able to do for year on year on year in yeah. the big moments to still pull out the big shots to still hold their nerve unbelievable it really is and you admire it a lot more when you see not just for Kina, it's happened to so many of them. Rublev, he's been victim many times. Sissipas, Verev, name you could basically name every player on tour. Um, there's been moments like this one where they've just choked, and it's funny that the top players they don't really do that so much. No, exactly. A couple of other score lines just to uh go over on the men's uh Daniel Medvedev, he went through, he dropped the first set against Fuchovic, but went through in four and then. Is that everybody? I think we've co- I think we've covered everybody there yeah. on the men's. So, uh, oh yeah, there was one other person, but they didn't get to finish. Dimitrov up two sets to love against Francis TFO. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, they'll finish tomorrow. Yeah, the bookies had it pretty even, um, but I thought TFO was going to win. I know he's great friends with Eubanks, and he was on the podcast with him, which I was watching yeah. the other day. That link is in the description of the last uh, podcast we did yesterday, so go check it out if you want to see the podcast. And I thought that maybe would have spurred him on, like seeing one of his buddies do well. And I was expecting him just to come out of the traps fast and just blitz Dimitrov. It's not happened like that, but he's still in the match. You never know. Matt, he's going to have to do it the hard way, though, now. Winning five from two Dimmy. sets down. Dimmy's a strange player. He's I mean, playing he well, Dimmy. One good tour. He always has a good tournament a year. This could be his tournament. And he, we won't, went from... he won't win Wimbledon. He will, listen, he will absolutely crumble against anyone in the next round, potentially. At any we, stage. Yeah. It doesn't matter who he is, by the way. Like, well, you can be Lehechka. He could completely crumble. Not, I'm we not went... dismissing Lehechka, oh. by the way. He was awesome. <laughs> Well, we'll wait and see to see how well if Dimitrov was to win his match, he would come up against Holger Luna in the next round. So he's got it's not the easiest draw, but Holger Luna is not playing well. But I just think Dimitrov, you don't know, you don't know what you're going to expect. Yeah, so we went from anyway. You can see on the screen here. I don't know how many tie breaks there were and how close a lot of these sets were on the men's side and on the women's side. 
it was the complete opposite. There was pretty much all straight sets and only one match went to three sets, which was Ons Jabur. But let's talk about the reigning defending champion, Yelena Rabakina. That was supposed to be the pinnacle of the day. The crowd waited all day long for the final Brit in the competition. And she got double breadsticked by the reigning champion, Rebecca, and balls her out. Under an hour as well. I think um, Rebecca trying to avoid the curfew like Djokovic did yesterday with Stan. Yep. And yeah, it was sort of dubbed as the two grass court top players. Not, not top players, that's probably the wrong word. The top player from the United Kingdom on the grass court versus one of the top players in the world on the grass court. And it felt like that. And I think what this match highlights is if you compare the top grass court player in the world to the top in the UK, this is the disparity. And it shows, unfortunately, how bad uh, the UK tennis scene is at the moment. It's not good, is it? Like, I'm going to be totally honest. I know people can sort of drum it up to say, oh, we've got some hopefuls, we've got this, we've got nobody. On the women's side, there isn't really anyone who gets me excited at all. On the men's, I keep saying it. Draper is not too bad. Cam Norrie is a real workhorse and can go well in certain events. I don't see him beating the big names. Um, But yeah, Andy Murray, of course, he's a legend, but he's he's not going to be able to do it for much longer and he's not even doing it at the moment. But (laughs) I don't want to dismiss Andy Murray. He's brilliant. But uh, aside from them... There's not anyone. There's no one I'm getting excited about at all. I'm totally on board with you at the Women's moment. side, who is there, if you're being totally honest? Well, no one at the moment. Radu Kanu, when she comes back, we'll see if she can rekindle something. That's about it. That's the only hope at the moment. But we'll wait and see on that one. Uh, Rebecca are through with style points, and that should be scary for everybody else in the draw because she's starting to, well, not look like she's ill in any of the slightest. Uh, Ons Jabur, she went through, it was a tougher match than I foresaw. I thought she was going to do Andreescu in straight sets. Ended up being quite a competitive one. She went through in three sets against Andreescu. And we've got this little stat here, if you want to take us through this one. Yeah, Ons Jabur is the player with the most grass court wins since 2021. She's the first player to win 25-plus WTA match on the surface in a three-year span since Ashley Barty and Joanna Conta. 26 grass court wins, each between 2017 and 2019. So I know we're saying Rebecca is the best grass quarter, but statistically, you'd have to say probably Ons Jabur. Um, Consistent. Final at Wimbledon last year. Rebecca creeping up there, though. And there's Katie Bolter. Like I said, she is a bit of a grass court um, specialist. That's the yeah. word I was looking for earlier. Definitely is a, but that's you get there with a lot of Brits. You, but the British, you, the, a British you, uh, grass court specialist versus the world grass court specialist. Six one six one fifty eight minutes. That's what it means. It's just not even close, was it? And, and um, on, on, on sorry, on Andreescu, she didn't play very well in the build up to this event at all on the grass. No. But she has turned a corner. No, she mate, she turned a corner. She played very well actually against. Yeah, um, she played well, and she had yeah, a good I tournament. I, don't, I think Andreescu can be quite pleased with how she performed at Wimbledon this year. I think so too. I think she's come on leaps and bounds on the grass courts. I was impressed by the way she played against Jabur. Uh, nothing to say if she doesn't get a better draw, she'd go a little bit further. Jabur, an absolute nightmare draw though for anybody. Ons Jabur now 
we've got a massive match in the fourth round. It is Petra Kvitova versus Ons Jabur. It's going to be, it's got to be the tie of the fourth round for me on the women's. I mean, I'm looking through some of the other ones. It's, yeah, it's definitely the tie of the round. We've got Hadab Meyer versus Rabakina. That's an interesting mm, one. Hadab Meyer's mm, playing great as well. I, th- I think that, I like that one maybe more, but I think it's, yeah, them two matches are great. Yeah. Other, yeah, maybe. Uh, I'll go through some of the other ones. We'll just bring those ones up as well. We had Alexandra. She went from hitting 91 unforced errors in her last match to then just cruising through in this one. Uh, a bagel and a 6-4 against Galfie. We was had, against Brengel, wasn't it? Before I believe so. I mean, Brengel's a strange player as well. I don't know how she's... <laughs> Alexandrova was... Maybe it's Alexandrova. Just Mate, Alexandrova it, played awful and beat yeah. her, so... Keys. Should never win one. a match with 91 unforced errors. I Should mean, be illegal. Yeah, I mean, never heard of anything so ridiculous. Keys, your finalist in your bracket and... Well, she's continuing the winning run against somebody who's been playing well. Marta Kostjuk out. She gets breadsticked in the second set by Keys. Fantastic. She's looking like one who nobody will want to play. She'll potentially play Mila Andreeva or Potopova in the next round. Could go again. Could go through one more round, I think, there. For sure. Yeah, really pleased with Keys, my finalist, and helping my bracket a little bit after Vekic went out yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we got Saba. She just went through. I mean, sort of made a little bit of hard work of Blinkover, to be honest. And there wasn't really even many people on the court watching it. Uh, it was a bit, a bit of a strange one. Maybe Saba prefers it that way. She got through a lot easier than she did in the last match with uh, a few more people watching her. But other than that, that's uh, pretty much all of the matches tied up. I had Admire. I thought it was an impressive win against Sir Steyer. She's a very good grass court player. I think Had Admire's proven she can play on every single surface now. She's she one of the grass, only players. Grass is one of her best, though. I think she's very good on the grass. Very good. The way she played against Eager at Roland Garros, that I was so impressed with that. Not many people play that well against Eager at Roland Garros. Obviously, Mukova, she played pretty well as well. But... Yeah, the fact that she can play well against the big players is a real good sign for her because she's going to have to have all of her game playing uh, its like most potential against Rabakina in this next match. This is that's the toughest match, really. You're playing against the champion. We have to see how yeah. she gets on. Yeah, I think that sums up day six action. The big story for the Brits is now for the second year in the row. We're not going to get a single British player in the second week of Wimbledon. So hopefully this can end because the the, the big problem and why I keep emphasising this is because I think it's so important at Wimbledon that we have a British player make a run. Do you know, because it gets a lot of people who don't necessarily watch tennis, watching tennis and it helps grow the sport so much. People don't realise whenever you have an English player have a run at home slam, I'm sure this is the same in other countries as well, sort of in France with Roland Garros, Australia, uh, the Australian Open and so on. It brings the whole nation together and everyone's going to be talking about it in sort of the mainstream media. You can go to your local shop and someone who doesn't watch tennis will start saying, oh, did you see that? Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) They're doing so well. Look at them in the second week. It creates a narrative, creates a buzz. And that is what really upsets me that we're not getting anyone coming through from the UK at the moment. Yeah, even just somebody... Second year in a row, Ben. It's just we need somebody who even just divides opinion. Somebody who just makes 
like makes makes the papers for any reason there's just nothing to write about in british tennis right now it's sad even dan evans said it he's in terrible form he doesn't even he didn't even expect to win any matches really at this wimbledon cam norrie last year's semi-finalist out early just yeah and let me of course clarify i'm talking about the women's side because of I'm, course cam norrie got to the semi-final last yeah, year he got to the semi-final last year but this year it's just a bit of a letdown it's just sad but that's that's just the way it is. Maybe it's the weather. Maybe that's what's caused all of these problems. We'll never know. Will we? No, but one thing we do know is we have some great matches coming up. So please Woo. join us for them. Berrettini Alcaraz as the real special match. That's not going to be tomorrow. That's going to be an extra day. I know we've done a preview earlier on. The big ones we're going to be covering tomorrow is going to be uh, Novak Djokovic back in action. He's going to be playing Hubi Hercat, who's not dropped a set net, uh, uh, yet. We'll also be covering Iga versus Bencic. Let's see how Bencic fares against Iga. In the past, not done great, but might be a little closer. Probably Iga's biggest test. And an interesting match could be Shapovalov Safulin. <laughs> the reason I say it's interesting, because I think Safulin's going to do it. It's possible. And what about this one as well? Bublik Rublev. Oof. <laughs> tough. <laughs> that is a tough one as well. That's an, And the bookies can't pick between the two. How about that? Yeah, I'd have to go Bublik. What about you? Yeah, I don't know why. He's, he's, one, of my, he's one of my surprise packages. So I've got to go with I've got him going quite deep in my bracket. So. All right, let's wrap it up there. Thank you, everyone, for joining. If you haven't already, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new, and we'll see you tomorrow for some Wimbledon action. Come on. No, fam. No, fam. <laughs> <Mess of that. laughs> Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.